1: Ah, uh, I know you're like me if one of your biggest fears is death. And not to get more of it on this Tuesday morning. Of course not. It's uh, PXY Mornings with Breezy and my boy Moose over there. I've said it once, and I'll say it again. Two of my biggest fears in life, well, three now that we talked about the, the one earlier. Uh, biggest one, death. Second one, herpes. Third one, gas leak.
0: All in that order.
1: Yeah, in that order specifically. Um, but... With all of that being said, the idea of death, although it scares the crap out of me, it also sparks my morbid curiosity, and it makes me wonder what actually happens to people after they die. I think a lot of people have that question. It's the fear of the unknown, right? Yep. And with all this being said, I think one of the closest things that's really rocked us as a nation— Collectively, together in this past week is Demar Hamlin, and what we what we witnessed on that Buffalo Bills game last Monday at eight thirty, and and yes, I mean everyone has their own idea of what happens based on religious beliefs and all all of that, and all of that aside, but with the Buffalo Bills player finally being on the mend here, out of the ICU, which yeah. we know that information was just released yesterday, in the comfort of his home like base, which is Buffalo. And he's not like completely going home. He's just going there for further treatment. But the doctor said that he's safe enough to travel, which is good for further treatment. It makes me wonder what is next for him. And respectfully, you know, I just, I'm curious. I'm genuinely so curious. And it's a sense of wonder that Not only I have, but I think a lot of people listening have right now. And given the fact that the entire nation has fully been invested in him and his story, I know I can't be the only one that wants to know exactly what happened on more of a spiritual level.
0: We talked about this in the break earlier. Is this something you've been thinking about since this went down last week? Or Mm -hmm. did you give it a couple days to marinate?
1: Like, what really Um, took place? Well, yeah. I mean, the whole idea, because we didn't, once he was, transferred over to the hospital we didn't know what was going to happen right we didn't know None if he was going to wake up right, right. um so when he finally was communicating with doctors and even if it was just through writing it was all good signs and now that we he's more stable than he ever was last week i think it gives a lot more room for for what's to come in the future here and given the fact that he literally stopped breathing for 9 minutes he had a pulse but he stopped breathing mm-hmm. on his own for 9 minutes that's that's scary it poses a lot of questions for me personally. And I really don't want to feel alone on this. And I want to know like, did DeMar Hamlin have an out of body experience? Did he die and come back to life? Did he see anything? Will he ever play football again? I feel like all these questions, I feel a little silly for even asking them in the first place or thinking about them at all.
0: Well, when you asked yesterday during uh, when we got off the air,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I was like, well, look, I, I understand you're extremely curious about mm-hmm. all of these things. And I am too, Right, as a spiritual person. I'm like, we got to kind of tread lightly here and make sure that we're being super sensitive. 100%. To everything that just kind of took place last week in his recovery and right. everyone else listening. Um,
1: but I think for me personally, and not to be morbid, but like the fact about, about death and the fact around death is something that, I truly genuinely think about every day. I think about death every single day and that's something that I'm I'm actually working on in therapy because it it's it's almost debilitating to me. It's the fear of the unknown, of not knowing what's what's next. It's,
0: it sounds like it's the fear of just the end. Mm-hmm. You're constantly thinking about the end mm-hmm. result, but where does that stem from?
1: I don't know. I mean, it's just I don't know what it is and it's something that I've dealt with since I was young, since I was young and I don't want to die. I don't want any of that to happen, but it's just understanding and like figuring out because nobody knows, like nobody can, can tell you unless they've either had a near death experience. And I've watched and read a ton of books and documentaries and things of that nature to, Mm -hmm. to get Mm -hmm. as close to, to some type of like concrete substance of Anything of what happens. Um, and I think for me personally, and I know there's people listening, hearing other people's experiences personally eases my own fears of the unknown. and maybe they fear they ease other people's too, but the fear is is very debilitating. And to know that there is like one step closer or one experience closer or one story closer to to helping me and other people understand. I don't know. And just the fact that DeMar Hamlin and his entire story has been viewed so widely nationwide this past week. I want to know what's next. Will he write a book? Will he do a Netflix documentary? Will he go on tour like the Long Island Medium? Like what what do you think is going to sh- happen?
0: I'm sure a majority of those questions are going to he'll, he'll answer them.
1: Right. And his life I is forever cha- his life is forever changed. I mean, just his social media falling alone, he's he's boomed from you know, three hundred thousand to I think he's up to one point five million right now, and I mean social media, social media. But I'm just saying to put it into the magnitude of what it really is of people actually following his story, it's huge. It's, it's huge. It is. Um, and I, it's it's really
0: you it, and I are really aligned when it comes to this sort of thing. Okay. We're both very spiritual people. Yeah. Me, it was it was mind blowing for me. I couldn't wrap my head around a couple of years ago. I'm like, where. You know, where do we go? What what happens when we pass? Uh-huh. Because the thought of not moving on, I couldn't, it didn't sit you well with me. You can't
1: wrap your head around. I, it I couldn't, day.
0: and I asked a guy, you know, who really dives into this subject. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, it's pretty simple, Moose. I said, how so? He goes, well, do you remember before you were born? I said, uh, no. He goes, well, it's kind of like that. <laughs> it's just... Done. I'm like, dude, that didn't really sum it up yeah, for you. That it make me. That didn't make me feel
1: any better. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, there's a documentary on on Netflix. Like, I'm blanking on the name of it, but it basically goes. Every episode is a different a different experience from people. And I like think... I said, read books and things of that nature. You, yeah, yeah. Um, but knowing knowing someone in in the public eye. That has gone through something like that, I think is is it adds a different layer than you know just some random stranger or random person, a random story because I don't know what it is about it, but like celebrities and public figures and athletes, like they hold more weight. You know you what feel I mean? Like they're, they're validated, they're more. respected more than the average Joe. And like I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying it is what it is based on popularity and and exposure. Um, so I I want to know. I I really want to know. And I not right now. You know, I'm talking like a year from now, years from no, now, course. when just, he's comfortable uh, talking about it. It's, it's very jarring what he went through. Extremely, um, and life changing, life altering. Excuse me, 100%. when it happens, yeah,
0: when it happens and he's ready to talk about it, I'm sure he will. Whether those things took place or not, and he remembers nothing, fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I understand where your curiosity is yeah. totally coming from. I get that. Yeah. Um, closest thing I can relate to that is, I, I watched a couple of these interviews with people who who passed and came back. yeah. and they all said the exact same thing is when they were getting ready, like they felt like they were, I don't know for lack of a better word, uh, transitioning mm-hmm. going to the other side. they always looked up and called for their mother, okay. all all of them said the exact same thing. They looked up, they're at this looking at the ceiling and they called for a loved one a majority of the time it was their mother and when i was going to be a senior in high school my grandfather was passing away and it was my mom's father mm-hmm. and it was my mom's birthday and my grandpa was struggling he had muscular dystrophy but he my mother my mother looked at him and said you know dad if you want to let go you can it's time you don't have to be in pain anymore and Right then and there he looked up at the ceiling and started calling for his mom. Wow. And I've never my grandfather never once had ever mentioned his mother, my grandmother, ever once in the years I've known him. This is the first time he actually looked up and, you know, called for his mom. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. Did you see
1: it? Like or did you just hear this story? Were you were you I was in the room. You were in the room?
0: Yeah, yeah. You could yeah.
1: Oh my goodness. It
0: was difficult, especially for my mom.
1: There's some text coming through on the text line right now. 5852529800. This person says I went through something similar and it took me about 3 years to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um this person says Breezy, since you do not personally know that football player, what is his business and what happened to him, you do not need to know. What happened to him is his him and his family's problem. That's fair. That's true. And maybe I don't need to know or I don't deserve a right to know. Um I don't have a uh, I don't deserve to know but I think a lot of people have been invested in him and thoughts and prayers and all of that you know we've all kind of collectively gone through it together as a community of trying to to make sure that this this man finally gets back on track Um, and what he decides to talk about is what he decides to talk about but I'm just saying for me personally and other people who struggle with the idea of death and wrapping their head around it it would help immensely so I don't know
0: it's hard to talk about. It really is. Yeah, well, like we said, when he's ready to do so... Uh, if he's ready if he, to do
1: so. If yeah. he
0: ever does, then he will.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So and maybe some of your questions will be answered.
1: Definitely. So... I don't know. It's a lot to think about. Sorry to get so heavy on a Tuesday morning, but like... No, it's the 9 o'clock hour. It's fine. Yeah, it's
0: fine. got something to say? Call or text Moose and Breezy now.
1: 585-252-9800. The number one hit music station, 98PXY. 98PXY's Moose and Breezy invites you to grab your popcorn. Get comfortable in your seat, Ah. because Breezy's about to break down a classic she somehow missed over the last quarter century. It's Breezy's Big Movie Review.
0: Shit. it's Tuesday which means it's time for breezy's big movie review I assigned her to watch one of my favorites growing up honey I shrunk the kids what a classic the first one such a realistic movie Breeze in so many no, ways yeah, like
1: I found myself in this situation a handful of times <laughs> I really can't even count of course
0: <laughs> uh if you're like breezy and you for whatever reason missed this movie uh over this the last
1: 1989 19- classic easy yeah
0: this is, by the way, uh, first movie I've ever seen at a drive-in theater. When, Ro- when Rochester used to have those,
1: they still do. Avon,
0: do they? Yes. Oh, I would love to go.
1: We'll go in the summer. I would I don't love think to open go in the winter, but yes.
0: Uh, what is Honey? I Shrunk the Kids? What's the movie about? When a couple of kids sneak into their father's upstairs lab, who invented a shrink ray machine that miniatur- <laughs> that miniaturizes them, they end up shrinking themselves, where the adventure pursues from there. When Zelensky, played by Rick Moranis, returns home, he destroys the device, which he thinks it's it's a failure. This a thing doesn't scene. work. It was a tough scene. It's a tough scene, yeah. <laughs> uh, he dumps it in the trash, throwing out the kids along with it. Now, the four children, who are a quarter inch tall, must survive the journey back to the house through a yard where sprinklers bring a treacherous storms and garden variety ants stampede like elephants. Uh, this by the way, in eighty-nine, yeah. the CGI in this movie was uncanny.
1: Yeah. It was uh it's nice to see how things have evolved. Uh what did Rotten Tomatoes give this one? Uh Rotten Tomatoes scored Honey I Shrunk the Kids
0: 78%. Okay. Which then that is a phenomenal score no, it for is. A movie.
1: It is. It really is. During um, that
0: time there was a lot of parents that were upset about the film's ants in the movie. That looked like dinosaurs, saying that it uh, was a false representation of their actual size, which confused their children.
1: No. Get out. (laughs) No. Get out of here. What a Um, wacky take. Um, Yeah. So we'll get into all of it. (laughs) We're
0: going to get into all of
1: it. Yeah. Uh, Why
0: does or doesn't this movie hold up, Breeze? You saw it last night. What are your thoughts?
1: It's been some time. It's been some time. Almost 30 Thirty plus years here since this movie originally came out. Um, but, but
0: hold on, did you watch it back to front, or did you pause it like three, four times?
1: No, I, I watched you, the whole thing. Okay, straight through. It was only an hour and a half, which is digestible okay. for me. I like um, it. Anything like. over an hour and forty-five, I'm gonna have to take some breaks. But um, just know that for future references, this movie to me, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say it doesn't, it doesn't really hold up, um, unfortunately. Because that is surprising because I don't know, it's just unrealistic. And, um, uh, what do you I, mean it's unrealistic? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we know that, and not just is it unrealistic, but like you said, the CGI it's very nice to go back and watch these movies and see how cinema has evolved over time because they did what they could in the 80s, you know, they did. The best with what they had, and they did a good job. But knowing what we were capable of now, when it comes to CGI and all the special effects, wow, wowzers!
0: uh, Yeah, I understand, but you can't compare a film where they didn't have any of that compared to a film thirty years later. That's not—it's not fair. It doesn't hold up. Uh, Simply doesn't hold up. Fine. Least favorite character in the entire movie for Honey I Shrunk the Kids.
1: Um, you know, I. I really, really didn't didn't love Ron. I think he was kind of an ass, if I'm being completely honest. He, like, the whole reason they're even in that position is Ron's fault. Ron is the, the little snot-nosed for kid next door. Fumbling with the machine. Who hit the baseball <laughs> into the upstairs attic. They wouldn't even have gone up there if it wasn't for Ron. If Ron wasn't such an ass, none of this would have even happened. Ron, but if there was no Ron, I you.
0: there's no movie. Ron yeah. is the most important character in the movie. He sets up the entire film. Fair enough. Fair enough. Favorite scene, favorite line.
1: Um, my favorite scene was, and like I talked to I talked about this with um my girl afterwards. I was like, I have to watch Honey and the Kids. Okay. And she said her favorite line. And I was like, that was mine too. Was when she was drowning in the pile of mud or whatever, and Russ pulls her out. One of the old other kids. Yeah. and starts giving her mouth to mouth.
0: Ooh, the good scene. It was steamy.
1: It was. It was. It was really great,
0: especially for your kid.
1: And Nick, the little the little kid brother, was like, "Hey, how'd you learn that?" And he goes, "French class."
0: <laughs> Say
1: were French. Favorite class. line. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I least, loved it. Least favorite.
1: Um. Okay. The least favorite line slash scene for me, like, uh, it's not just like one thing, and I'm not here to poo-poo the movie. I just wish the whole movie didn't take place in the backyard. I really just didn't love that. I wish there was more. I wish they were in the house maybe a little more. Like, the whole thing took place in the backyard.
0: They had that scene where the kid was floating around uh, in the Cheerios. That was the last
1: 10 minutes! Yeah, but I mean... And he almost got eaten!
0: Almost. That would have been fun. Wait, Dad! Dad, wait!
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that is a perfect example of the dad who's going to need some dude wipes. (laughs) See how I tied Whoa! that. See what I did there. You,
1: you weaved it right in.
0: Uh, best, best throwback moment in the entire film.
1: Best throwback moment. Um, I loved just like seeing kids play outside. You know what I mean? That was something that we don't see nowadays. <laughs> My God.
0: <laughs> really grasping at straws here, aren't no, you? No, but
1: I, I wouldn't say this is. I wouldn't say this is the best. But I will say that this is how we evolve. We have evolved, like. Said something one of the kids said something, you to the the only girl that was in the film, the the older sister Amy, who was right. an absolute stellar. She was she was hot. She, she was in she the eighties. She was a hot. She was a hottie. And they said something like, she threw something or I don't know. And they said, she throws pretty well for a girl. That <laughs> that stuff doesn't fly these days. <laughs> Nobody says that How now. How anti feminist of you. So I loved how we won't we won't be using those lines moving forward here. So overall, I thought the movie was good. Good notes. Do you have a popcorn bucket score for this film? How, I do. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I do. I liked it. I thought it kept me engaged. It kept me excited. Normally, I yeah. have to walk away and take some breathers. Yeah. Um, but my popcorn bucket score for Honey I Shrunk the Kids, an eighties classic, is a four point two. Didn't hate it out of five did it. 4.2 out of five? Yeah. All right, let me
0: write that down. I thought it was pretty good. Well, that's not bad because next week you have to watch Honey, I Shrunk the Kids 2, where he blows up his youngest who runs the streets of Las Vegas. It's really something. So, Riveting. a 4.2 popcorn bucket score. How many breezy pinky toes up would you give it?
1: <laughs> Two. Well they're they're always up, so it makes yeah, makes okay. sense. Good job. The Odyssey app! Listen to and favorite 98 PXY plus hundreds of exclusive stations like Odyssey All New. When new music drops, find it here. Search Odyssey All New on the Odyssey app to listen.
0: You or someone you may know is the worst. At responding back to text messages just like Breeze here.
1: Guiltiest charge.
0: I can't get a hold of you. If my life depended on it What's even crazier about that is her phone is in her hand All day If you're like Breeze you will let your inbox Fill up to 40 to 50 messages And just not I don't know just not respond (laughs) Everyone knows someone like this everybody Who are you me I can't do it I have OCD I gotta clear the inbox Every day
1: I mean maybe I'll clear it but I'm not Gonna respond
0: (laughs) Yeah this I know Um, It speaks white mornings with Moose and I don't text Back Breezy
1: hey she sometimes- I wear that badge with honor.
0: I know you do. Matt, I was pissed last night. I'm not going to lie.
1: Okay. Oh, With the drama. With the drama.
0: Not being dramatic. We had we had to prep the show and you wouldn't answer my calls. I'm not walking in here every day blindfolded. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. And here's the thing. I'll blindfold you when you get in here. No, but guys, I mean, tell me if I'm in the wrong here. Uh, she sits there sometimes using her phone and she just stares at the screen. Sometimes she's not even using it. She's yeah. just like staring into space. I called her twice yesterday. I called you twice. I texted you. No response. Now, does this sound like someone you can depend on when the going gets tough? Does this sound like a person you can call at three in the morning when you need to get rid of the body? Don't call me. <laughs> I know. I'm. 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 I'm just not that person. I'm punctual. I respond to texts and emails and and calls. Me. It's a different story, but you, Breeze, mm-hmm. you're the worst. Yeah, well, and you use the excuse protecting my peace. So.
1: Why well, I'm I protecting my peace? I mean, yeah, my phone's in my hand, but
0: I can guarantee you—not
1: your becking call. Oh no yeah, way. right. I can no guarantee way.
0: if Mono Girl called, you'd be jumping over the council right now to get that phone. <laughs> we were in the listen to this. We were in the middle of prepping our show last night, and mid conversation, oh, Breezy hangs up on me. To answer the call from her lady. And you keep throwing out our twenty twenty three morning show motto is those that don't look hungry get fed. Right now, you are absolutely starving. You're starving.
1: She's away. I, I mean, she's away at sea. Like I have oh, to talk you, to her. She's on a
0: cruise ship. What is she drowning in the
1: ocean? And what she's even if she away was away at sea.
0: What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I should call
1: the Coast Guard. It's only going to happen. You know what I mean. And I'm just
0: asking you to be a little bit more punctual um, because last night I didn't need you. Uh, we had we a lot talked.
1: Of our- we were chatting, and then I said, "Oh wait, hold on, one second. Click, and then I was gonna text you back, but you're obsessed with me, so you texted me first. I'm not worried about any of that. I'm talking about let's back up.
0: Couldn't get a hold of you. Two calls, two texts, no response. I walked over I'm to Preece this morning I'm to busy. look at her phone. There's got to be about 55 unread messages.
1: I mean, that's just the type of person that I am. And I know I can't be alone. I know you're like me. If you you see the texts coming through, you see them coming through, you acknowledge them like, you know, to yourself.
0: It's just weird considering how much time you have on your hands. Like you have so much free time. I don't understand why you would let those slip by.
1: I don't have so much free time. I'm actually very busy. I'm very busy.
0: What are you doing today?
1: I have a ton of stuff going on today. After the show, I have to meet with our boss. And then I have an an interview. I have to do an interview for the show. And then I have to go eat French onion soup. And then I have to go to Eastview and, and spin. I mean, I can't even t- divulge everything I have to do. I'm so busy. I'm thinking about... Maybe responding to, to your message, you know I'm always going to be there, whether I respond or not. You don't need my validation. You don't need me to text you back. What do you need me to text you back for? You're fine. You're fine. Your you face is and literally
0: covered in Vaseline right
1: now. <laughs> it is. What of it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like
0: I want to take you You need to seriously. be secure. You I need can... to be
1: secure enough in our relationship to know that. Love ya
0: no, but this like, is no. Don't be manipulative. Love, yeah. This has nothing to do with that. This is just have some respect. When it we d- have work to do, call me back. I don't want to spend my evening trying to get a hold of you. You think that's fun for me? It's not fun for me. It's like me. a little Easter egg hunt. It's a little it, chase. It's yeah. not. There's a lot of people out there that have that trait. For me, it makes my skin crawl. Mm-hmm. People do it though.
1: I know. There's a lot of people out there that. They're worse than me. They have two, 300 text messages just sitting there. The worst is, is like when I open them, right? I'll open them and I no longer have the notification. I still don't text back. It's really bad.
0: Here's you- what's sc- here's what's scary about that. Breezy over the weekend had a gas leak. She went away to Canandaigua on Friday night to spend the evening getting a little, uh, chummy chum with her girl
1: and so one of the
0: neighbors in her apartment building left the gas on accidentally for three days guys three days super dangerous yeah now the landlord reached out and said uh nothing to be alarmed about but fyi uh the house almost exploded now if you want to have checked that email and been consistent with your messages and texts You would have never known that took place. Am I right or wrong? Very true. That's very true.
1: Yeah. But. Yes. Okay. I checked it, but there's no need for me to respond. It just, there's so much admin involved when it comes to responding to emails and text messages, and maybe it boils down to me being lazy. Maybe that's it, and that's fine, and I'll wear that loud and proud, but. I'm I feel like not responding or responding on my own time is protecting my peace and quite frankly respecting myself and my boundaries. <sighs>
0: It's incredible You know how many people are texting this morning All morning Please thank you for being vulnerable That was so Like really Is this a situation where she's being vulnerable I'm going to unsubscribe
1: Hey it's Julia You can spend your noon hour with me And some of our favorite artists Each weekday around 1230 We do a celebrity check-in With some of the biggest names in music and pop culture The Julia Show On the number one hit music station 98 PXY All around the world Baseball is back And so is MLB.tv